Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader, and my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. I'd like to start today's episode by asking you a question. What are the things in your life that you really look forward to with a huge amount of anticipation? So let me ask you that again. What things in your life do you look forward to with a huge amount of anticipation? You just can't wait. Well, for me, I had to think about it a little bit, but then I was thinking and it's like, okay, I just can't wait for blank. And so for me, there's three things that immediately come to mind. The first is every summer, along about the third week of June, our family goes to Ocean City, New Jersey for a week's vacation. And it's my favorite place in the world to sit on the beach with my family in Ocean City, New Jersey. So I just can't wait for that to happen. Another thing is college football. I love college football. I really, really get excited and can't wait to get sit seated on the couch on a Sunday afternoon and watch my favorite team play. And um, the third thing that came to mind was actually Thanksgiving dinner. I love, love, love Thanksgiving. And when it gets close, I start getting really excited about it. I know that my daughter, um, this year, Taylor Swift came to our city and my daughter was somehow managed. She was lucky enough to get tickets. I think she got them in like February or March and the concert wasn't until June. And so you can imagine the amount of anticipation. But what about you? When you think of something in your life that you really, really look forward to and it just lives rent-free in your brain and you think about it a lot, what comes to mind? Is it a concert? Is it like me, a family vacation? Is it going for a long run? Is it sitting all by yourself with a cup of coffee and a good book on a Saturday morning? Like, what really, really gets you thinking about, oh, I can't wait for this to happen? Well, now I want you to think about when you were a kid. So when we were kids, it seemed like the things that we wanted to happen so bad took forever to get here. And the longer or the more that we wanted them, the longer it seemed like it took. And so for me, when I was thinking about answering this question, two things immediately came to mind. Number one was Christmas morning. Um, and when I was a kid, I just loved, loved Christmas. And I remember when I was six years old, um, I got this orange bike. I rode it around in the living room um, and just couldn't wait for Christmas morning. And then also um, getting my driver's license, turning 16. I remember that I was really into cars um, when I got older and realized I couldn't afford the kind of cars I was interested in, I guess I got less interested in cars, but from my 15th to my 16th birthday, I mean, it felt like that took 10 years to get here. Cause I was so excited to get my driver's license. And so what about you? When, when you were a kid, what was it that you were obsessed with? What, what day or activity took forever to arrive? How did it feel while you were waiting? Were you excited and nervous and impatient and a little bit obsessed? And then how did you feel when that day finally arrived and you finally got to do the thing? Well, the reason I'm asking these questions is because I really want to drive home the point with you that anticipation 
is a very, very powerful thing in the lives of children. And anticipation is a very, very powerful thing in the lives of the students at your school. And you can intentionally use the power of anticipation to get kids and families to stay at your school until they graduate. You can use anticipation to increase retention. And that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm going to teach you how to significantly increase student retention by creating a culture of anticipation. So before I explain what a culture of anticipation is and how to use it to increase retention, I want to say thank you for listening to this episode and for listening to the podcast. And I've created a free gift and it's called the the seven steps to having successful meetings with upset parents. And it's an 11 page PDF that gives you a step-by-step plan to have better meetings with the parents at your school. And if you want to feel more confident and be less stressed when you meet with a parent, I think you need a plan. And so this is a seven-step plan, and you can get that over at theprivateschoolleader.com meeting. Again, that's theprivateschoolleader.com meeting to get that guide that's called Seven Steps to Having Successful Meetings with Upset Parents. So um, hopefully you'll grab that and it will be a help to you when we have that part of our job that we're not crazy about. So today we're talking about two big things. We're talking about retention and we're talking about anticipation. And I've said it before, um, I've done a couple of episodes on retention. Um, I will link, um, there's an episode that I did called Eight Retention Strategies That Actually Work. Um, Our school had a retention crisis in the summer of 2014, and I talk about that in that episode, but I also talk about how we fixed it, and actually in within two years were better than the national average for NAIS for retention, and um, we actually were invited to speak at a national conference um, in February of 2017 to tell the story about how we solved our retention crisis. So I've said this before on the podcast that it is a fact that it takes seven times more resources to keep a student than to enroll a new student. And we're always trying to get new students, and that's great, and we should because we always need new students. But it takes seven times more money and time and human resources and advertising dollars and administrative work, you name it, seven times more resources to keep a student than to enroll a new student. I have that backwards. It takes seven times more money to get a new student than to just keep the kids that we have. So that's what we're talking about is retention, keeping the kids that we have. We don't want to spend all that money to replace all those kids that leave. And and you might say, well, I know you mentioned a minute ago about NAIS. Well, the National Association of Independent Schools, they put the number at around at 92%. If you're retaining 92% of your students, then you're doing a great job with retention because families move, financial situations change, and so we're not It's rare if we're going to keep 100% of our kids. And if you're a school that has a robust waiting list, well, then, you know, 
awesome. Um, most schools, we don't live in that reality. And so um, we need to work hard to retain our students. And so if your retention numbers are not consistently at 92% or above, then we need to get to work and we're going to get to work. <clears throat> and the way that we're going to do that, one of the many ways, um, I told you I'll link that article or excuse me, that episode of the eight strategies that uh, really work for retention. I'll link that in the show notes at the privateschoolleader.com episode 51. But the way that we're going to retain students by talking about this on today's episode is by using anticipation. And so just to define it, anticipation is an emotion involving pleasure or anxiety in considering or awaiting an, an expected event. Anticipatory emotions include fear, anxiety, hope, and trust. And when the anticipated event fails to occur, we are either disappointed or relieved. So I want you to understand that anticipation can be both positive or negative. So for example, if you're anticipating a trip to the dentist and you're stressed out and you're anxious about it, but they call the day before to cancel and you have to reschedule it, then there's a huge amount of relief. But we're focusing on creating an intentional culture of positive anticipation, things that the students in your school are so excited about, they can't wait for them to happen. And we're going to make sure that there's lots of excitement, that we're creating impatience, and that having to wait for something, it makes it so much better when you finally get it. So whether it is waiting six months for football season to start, waiting a whole year for Thanksgiving or Christmas, waiting for a year for the vacation on the Jersey Shore, when it finally comes, it feels so good and it's so exciting. And it's even more so when you're a kid. So how do we increase student retention by creating a culture of anticipation? And I'll explain a little bit more about what that means, but let's get a little bit tactical. So I want to give you four things that we do. And I'm going to kind of toggle back and forth between talking about what we do at my school and what is a strategy that you could implement at your school. There's going to be some, some overlap and some back and forth. But how do we increase student retention by creating a culture of anticipation? Number one, recognize the true power of anticipation. Number two, identify things that our students have to look forward to. Number three, make sure that our kids and their parents always know what happens in the next two years. I call that interim anticipation. And there's a difference between interim anticipation and long-term anticipation. So if you're talking about something to a, a family that has a second grader and a fourth grader, and you're talking about stuff that happens during their senior year, that's really far off in the distance. But if the child's in fourth grade and you're talking about stuff that happens in fifth and sixth grade, then that's interim anticipation. And number four, be very intentional about opening story loops that can only be closed by graduating from your school. And I want to hit you with that again. Be very intentional about opening story loops that can only be closed by graduating from your school. So let's get into this. Number one, recognize the true power of anticipation. 
recently I read a very interesting blog post on LinkedIn, and I'll link it in the show notes. And the, uh, the blog was called The Lost Art of Anticipation, How Living in an On-Demand Culture Makes Us Less Happy. And I'm old enough to remember watching Friends, and I had to wait a whole week to see if Rachel got off the plane. Um, and, you know, we could fill in the blank with other cliffhangers. It used to be that a TV show would have a cliffhanger in May, and then you had to wait till mid-September to see, you know, how it worked out. But with Netflix, um, we only have to wait about five seconds for the next episode to start, and we can skip the end credits and skip the intro so that we get right to the good stuff. Um, I don't usually read long quotes on the podcast, but this one is just so good that as you listen to this quote from this article, I want you to think about the kids at your school and how this generation, the digital natives, they live in an on-demand society, but we are actually going to intentionally create a culture of anticipation for them. And, And so again, kids, for the most part, if they want something, they can get it right away. Um, and so just as I read this quote, think about the kids at your school. Okay. Quote, in fact, the whole concept concept of anticipation is centered around waiting. As you are waiting for something, you are thinking about it. And particularly if the thing you're waiting for is something you perceive as pleasant, the anticipation period itself can deliver feelings of joy. Studies have actually been done that directly correlate the level of anticipation to increased levels of happiness. In addition, much has been researched around the fact that experiences provide a lot more happiness and joy to us than material things do, end quote. We are going to leverage the power of anticipation, and we're also going to lever the power of the happiness that comes from experiences more than come from material things. So... Let's talk about, first of all, number one was how to recognize the true power of anticipation. We've done that, and now I want to get tactical. And number two is identify things that our students have to look forward to at our schools. All right, so when you get a chance, I, I know that you're probably driving to or from school right now or working out or walking the dog or running an errand. I hope you are because I always encourage you to do something else while you listen to the episode each week. But when you get a chance, get a piece of paper and start with your highest grade, whether it's grade 12 or grade 8 or grade 6, and just start listing things that are a big deal that happened during that grade. And you can also list it by division. And so for, for us, for at our school, um, I'm just going to throw a few things out there that happen in our middle school. So there's fun stuff. So there's things like the middle school dance or the 8th grade versus faculty basketball game. There are year-end trips. Um, There are field trips. There are um, leadership opportunities. Like in, we have a tribe system, which is like a house system, except there's 12 tribes because we're a Jewish day school, the 12 12 tribes of Israel. Um, For leading, there's also leading this uh, full school um, religious service called Kabbalat Shabbat that we have the first Friday of every month where about 100 parents show up and the whole school is up there in the gym and our eighth graders stand up there and they lead the service and they lead the singing. Um, our sports program, and we have a step-up sports program that starts in fifth grade and then middle school sports. It could be the arts, the spring musical, the art show, the band concert. It could be academic things like 
the middle school science fair or the third grade state fair or the fourth grade innovators living wax museum um it could be students part in traditions school traditions like the clap out or lifting the torah or when we have holocaust remembrance day the eighth graders plan the ceremony um it could be the sign on the wall in the middle school hallway where we have a tradition that the eighth grade class they each have their little school photo and then they get a quote they come up with a quote and then they come up with some kind of cool way to incorporate the quote and their pictures into a piece of art and then that hangs in the hallway so there's all of these things that are cool some of them are events some of them are activities some of them are traditions some of them are other things that don't really fit those categories and listen we know that every kid is different. Something that really resonates with each kid, and that's what we try to do. We have so many different things that we do at our private schools, and a lot of different things get different kids pumped up, and not the same things get um, every kid pumped up. And so we have to cast a wide net, but I'm confident that you do a lot. And here's the thing. I think that in our schools that when we do the impossible, it just becomes part of our job description and we move on to the next thing. And so if you really stop and think about all the things that you do and you start listing them out, you're going to be surprised at how much you do. So that's step two is to make a list. All right. Now, step three, and this is the most important part, is to make sure that your kids and their parents always know what happens in the next two years. We want them to hear from time to time something, stuff that happens farther down the road, but I want them to make sure that you, at my school, I want to make sure that our kids know everything that's happening in the next two years. And so, for example, I'm just going to pick my fourth graders and their parents. Trust me, they know about what happens in fifth and sixth grade at our school. They know that step-up sports happens in fifth grade. They know that they can be in the middle school, they can go to the middle school dance in December of their sixth grade year for the first time. They know that they can be in the spring musical starting in sixth grade. They know about the fifth grade Gettysburg trip and the sixth grade trip to a place called Camp Eater that is an outdoor kind of environmental science trip. Um, they know that uh, in middle school you get to choose your clubs. Um, they know that on the first day of sixth grade, that they're going to get their very own Chromebook computer that will be theirs throughout middle school. And if it's still in one piece when they graduate, that they get to keep it after eighth grade. Fourth graders know all this stuff. Well, how do they know that? It's because we're making sure that we tell them and that we talk about it and that we pump it up and that we, they have to know what's next. That's the culture of anticipation is, is that if their fourth grade minds are only focused on what happens in fourth grade, you're losing the power of anticipation and you're losing the retention um, power that goes with it. Because when they know about the stuff that's coming, they get excited about the stuff that's coming and then they wanna stick around for the stuff that's coming. And that's retention. So let me tell you a quick story of something that I did and, and it will hopefully make the point. So we have a Jewish holiday called Sukkot. And it happens in the fall, and it celebrates the harvest, and it commemorates the 40 years that the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And what we do is every three years, our entire middle school goes to Hershey Park for Sukkot. And so at Hershey Park <clears throat> for Sukkot, 
They um, have all kosher food in the park. They set up several things that are called sukkahs. Um, and it's for Jewish families because many Jewish families don't um, have the opportunity to go to amusement parks um, because of the uh, their observance level and because of the kosher observance that they have. And so it's a pretty big deal um, for kids to go to Hershey Park. So we go once every three years. Um, I think if we went every year, it would kind of lose its excitement. But if you're in middle, when you're in middle school at our school, once during middle school, you're going to go to Hershey Park. And we get on the bus at 6 a.m., we drive for four hours, and then we ride as many of the 14 roller coasters as we can and have so much fun. And then we get back on the bus and we drive back to school and we get back around like 11 p.m. And so the, this past time that we went, um, the last time that we went, we got back. And because we get back so late, it was a Thursday, we let the um, middle school kids and the teachers that went on the trip come in at 10 a.m. on Friday. Um, so I came in at the normal time, Friday morning, and I mentioned it a few minutes ago. The first Friday of the month, we have a full school religious service called Kablat Shabbat, and it's the whole school, and there's like 100 parents there. And so at the end, I'm usually the one who dismisses the kids. And I got up and I got on the microphone and I was like, Hey, I said, do, do any of you know, do any of you students know why there aren't any middle school students in the room right now? And so, of course, a lot of them have younger siblings. And a few of them raised their hand and I called on someone and they're like, oh, because they went to Hershey Park yesterday and, you know, they um, they were, um, they get to come in late and, and, you know, they're tired because they slept, uh, they got in late and, and so they were, um, you know, they're sleeping in. And so then the kids are um, saying that. And then what I'll do is I'll turn to them and I'll be like, well, and when you're in middle school, you're going to get to go to Hershey Park and we are going to ride those 14 roller coasters and we're going to get on that bus and it's going to be so much fun. And, you know, I just spent a couple minutes talking about that. And so, you know, I dismiss the kids and we go to class. And about two days later, um, doing dismissal, and the mom of a second grader says, comes up, walks up to me and says, I have a bone to pick with you. And I'm like, oh boy, what did I do? I don't even supervise second graders. And so she said, Well, my son will not talk, stop talking about Hershey Park. He's talking about the 14 roller coasters he's going to ride, and he's already figured out, like, you go every three years, so he knows which year in middle school he's going to go, and he would not stop talking about it. And I was, like, smiling to myself, and I was like, okay. And so, you know, I, I do that, and then, um, you know, the kids, why not get them excited about it? And some, some of you might be thinking, I can tell what you're thinking. You might be like, well, that sounds like manipulating children, or that sounds like propaganda, or that sounds like salesy being salesy and here's my here's the way I look at it I don't agree I think that if it's true that it is not manipulation that it's hype and there's nothing wrong with hype and that I think that as leaders we should be driving the hype train and I will acknowledge that I get to work with fourth through eighth graders and that's kind of the sweet spot for the hype train because when they're little 
they kind of don't understand always, you know, stuff that's far off into the future. And when they get into high school, then there's that apathy that starts to set in. Trust me, I know that. I worked with high school kids for 21 years when I was ahead of school. But we need to drive that hype train. And, you know, our division heads need to drive it. And if you are a one-person show at your school and you don't have division heads, then you need to be driving the hype train. But our kids should always know what's next. Um, And so I really, really disagree about, you know, manipulation or propaganda or salesy. These things take a lot of work. You know, it takes money, effort, and time to have a sports program and to have um, a spring musical and to have those year-end trips. And so why not make sure every kid knows all about them and is looking forward to it? So um, how do we, so that's how we, that's an example of how we make sure the kids know what's coming. But what about the parents? Well, um, sometimes it's at events, like I mentioned at that full school religious service where I will mention things that are coming up, getting them hyped for things. Um, Instagram, a lot of parents follow me on Instagram and I'm always posting, um, usually at least once a day and it's all the stuff that's we're doing and stuff that's coming up. And so if parents of younger students are following me, they're going to know all about the fun that's coming and they'll see the big smiling faces of the kids when they're experiencing them. So, you know, I just got some new followers of some fourth grade parents because I sent a photo with some fourth graders in it. And now over the next few years, they're going to know all about the stuff that's coming um, at our school. And then I have one-on-one meetings with every third grade parent and every fifth grade parent in November and December. And trust me, I'm talking about not just the philosophy that we have and the academics and the skills that we want to build and all that kind of stuff. But I'm also talking about the things that are coming that are worthy of anticipation. All right. And then the fourth and final, and maybe, maybe not most important, but probably most important is to be very intentional about opening story loops that can only be closed by graduating from your school. So there is power in anticipation, but there might even be more power in opening story loops. So you open a story loop and you use vivid language to paint a picture of that climactic scene. And then they can only close the story loop by graduating from your school. So for example, I opened a story loop with that second grader. And the only way that he can close that story loop is when he's in, let's say, seventh grade. And it's the year that we go to Hershey Park for Sukkot is that climactic scene of him riding roller coasters at Hershey Park. Well, he's got to stick around to close that story loop. And when I'm meeting with third grade parents and fifth grade parents, I like to talk to them about, you know, our kids were lucky enough at our school that our eighth graders, after they graduate, they go to Israel for two weeks. And I talk to them about, you know, this climactic scene of your child standing up on the stage And in one hand, they have a diploma, and in the other hand, they have this little suitcase, and in it, they have the four skills that travel well to high school, um, an independent learner, a critical thinking problem solver, an independent, um, a um, critical thinking problem solver, an organized time manager, and a leader of um, integrity that's an upstander. And those four things are in that suitcase. So they're picturing that climactic scene. And the only way for them to close the story loop that I opened for them is for their child to actually be graduating from our school. And then sometimes I'll talk about them getting off the plane after their two weeks in Israel. So you can paint that picture. You can talk about that, that language 
by opening those story loops. And the only way that they can close the story loop is by graduating from your school. And so I told you before, our eighth grade, our school goes up to eighth grade. And so, you know, some of those story loops that I opened, I already mentioned the Israel trip and I mentioned the eighth grader standing up in front of the school leading that religious service. Um, On the first day of eighth grade, I introduced them as the student leaders of the school. Um, They get to play in that eighth grade versus faculty basketball game. And they're sitting there from the time they're in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, rooting for the students or the teachers, doesn't matter. But just painting that picture for them that one day you're going to be out there on the court playing as an eighth grader against the faculty. Well, guess what? They have to stay until eighth grade to close that story loop. Um, we have our eighth graders take a final bow after the final performance at the spring musical. Um, we show a video, a trivia video of little known facts about the eighth graders um, at the middle school awards assembly um, a week before they graduate. What's going to be your little known fact in the eighth grade trivia video? Um, I mentioned that picture that hangs in the hallway with the school photos of the eighth graders. Um, the Holocaust remembrance ceremony that they planned um, at the middle school dance in the spring with the eighth graders, we always have the last dance and we're very careful about picking that song. And then everyone in eighth grade stands in a circle and they, you know, sway back and forth and it's kind of a melancholy kind of song. Um, we do this thing called the eighth grade clap out where the whole school lines up either in the hallways or outside. And then the eighth graders, when they leave school for the last time, the day before graduation is, is that we literally clap them out, um, and say goodbye and eighth grade clap out's a big deal. But, and then I mentioned graduation, you know, to have that climactic scene, they have to stay. And so we want to open those story loops. So I just open those story loops for two reasons. Number one, the kids love it and it gets them excited. And I feel like I'm giving them the gift of anticipation. And I'll say that again. I said, I'm giving them a gift. Um, You know, with the on-demand world that we live in, it's really, really exciting to have something to look forward to. And then it's really, really rewarding when you get to do the thing. And I've seen that with my own eyes with these eighth graders that have been in our school since preschool when they finally get to do these things that we've been talking about for years is, is that they're just over the moon with joy. And then reason number two is, is that the, again, I'll say it one last time. The only way they can close that open story loop is to graduate from our school. And so what about you? Um, let's just kind of hit these again real quick as we, um, wrap it up and, and take away the, um, talk about the big takeaways from today's episode. So we know that anticipation is an emotion and it involves pleasure or anxiety. We're going to focus on the positive aspect of emotion and that when the anticipated event happens, it results in pure joy. And also I talked about how retention, it takes seven times more resources to keep a student in your school than to enroll a new student. And so if we know that's true, And if we do a lot of amazing things at our school, then why not create an intentional, intentionally create a culture of anticipation? And so how do we do that? All right, there's four ways. Number one, recognize the true power of anticipation. Number two, identify things that our students have to look forward to. Make a list. You have way more things than you think right off the top of your head. When you make a list, you're going to be shocked. 
Number three, make sure that our kids and their parents always know what happens in the next two years and then also knows the big things that are happening down the road. And then number four, be very intentional about opening story loops that can only be closed by graduating from your school. And if you do those things, your retention will increase because your kids will want to stick around. And the call to action for today's episode, in the next week, I'd like for you to set aside 30 minutes and you're going to take 15 minutes to list all the awesome things at your school that your kids have to look forward to. And if 15 minutes, if you have such a big school and so many grades that you can't get that done in 15 minutes and just pick a division, 15 minutes to list the awesome things that your kids at your school have to look forward to. And then the other 15 minutes is just write down two ways that you can be more intentional about making sure that your students always know what's next and that they are excited about what's next. And maybe you don't want to drive the hype train. Maybe that's not your personality. Well, I'll bet you have a couple teachers that would do a great job with that if you ask them to be a little more intentional about it. So in your call to action, set aside 30 minutes, take 15 to list awesome things at your school, and then take another 15 to write down two ways that you're going to be more intentional about making sure your kids always know what's next. So to wrap it up, I would like to um, give you another gift, and that is a free resource called The Top Six Ways to Protect Your School from a Lawsuit. And this is a 10-page PDF that will keep your staff and students safe and will keep you and your school out of court. And you can get that over at theprivateschoolleader.com slash lawsuit. And I hope that it helps. And thanks again for listening. You can reach out to me if you're getting value from the podcast. You can reach out to me at mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you a new strategy that you've learned on the podcast that you're using at school or email me with your biggest pain point right now and maybe it will be the subject of an upcoming episode. Um, show notes for today's episode are at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 51 and a new episode comes out every week and wherever you listen to podcasts, it would be a huge help if you would rate and review the podcast. I'm on Instagram at the private school leader and on Twitter at the PS leader. And if you got value from this episode, I would love it if you would please, please, please share it with another leader at your school or an aspiring leader at your school. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I just want to say I appreciate you and all the work that you're doing to serve your school and the lucky kids and the lucky teachers on your team. Thank you so much for taking some of your precious time to join me here today. And I'll see you next time on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember, serve first, lead second, and make a difference.